0: You know, what, if the Holy Spirit speaks something to men, to mankind, if the Holy Spirit speaks something today, is that any less powerful than what's written in that word? No, but is there a difference in it? Is it different? Yeah, the word is a standard, and the word is our source, it's a It's something that if the Holy Spirit speaks today, it should never cross that word. It should never cross that word. But that doesn't mean that if the Holy Spirit says something, that it's not just as powerful. So when Barrett was singing earlier, at first, I just thought logically, she's singing, Lord, come to me. But that wasn't what was happening. What was happening was the Lord was saying to his body and saying to his people, come to me. You don't have to come and then leave, and come and then leave, and come and then leave. Now, here's the thing. How do you know? Because that word is not necessarily uh, written directly in Scripture that on January 1st, 2023, the Lord said, come to me, in Scripture. We don't have that in Scripture. But we do have many Scriptures that back up what is said there, and that is very important. There's a power on it. How you know that it's the Lord is if that word that's spoken by the Holy Spirit, first of all, does not contradict this word. Second of all, you should have a peace in your spirit, man, if you're born again. Now, if you don't have a peace on it, but everybody around you seems to have a peace on it, then you want to check that and you want to see, am I, as, am I able to discern what the Holy Spirit is saying as much as other people are? Uh, but really, that, that's not really the standard either. It's really, am I able to discern what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing as much as God wants me to discern it? Am I walking in it? Am I flowing in that? And so a lot of times you'll see a lot of uh, religion And a lot of uh, the flesh's doubt, you'll see a lot of religion and the flesh's doubt seek to shut down what the Holy Ghost is saying. In other words, it won't open itself up to a word of God that's not written in Scripture with chapter and verse. And yet, that's the major way that God communicates to His people today. It's the major way. He's expecting us to raise ourselves to a level of maturity in the flow of the Holy Spirit that we know when He's talking and when He's not. When it's our flesh man talking and when it's the Spirit talking to our spirit. He's expecting us to grow to that level. And of course, everybody seems to be at different places in that that walk. I know for me I've definitely been at places where I thought that's not God and come to find out sure enough it was God. You know? Then I've been at places where I'm like that is God and sure enough it weren't. You know? And and then I've come to places, you know, and I think that y'all might have uh, seen some of that too. This is why you want to get people around you as leaders, uh, pastors, uh, you, know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, leaders in your life that are very accustomed To the flow of the Spirit, and they pick up on things. You know, you may not know this, but we have a flow of the Spirit in this, in here every Sunday. Every Sunday, I get, I know, every Sunday, I get testimonies. Every Sunday, I get, did you hear the testimony I put out on the line this week? You know, where a couple of weeks ago, I'm sitting there and my, you know, I'm wondering, like, this message is true. But it's kind of like John chapter six. It's a little rough on the flesh, you know. And I'm I'm the one preaching it, and I'm you know, and I'm thinking I'm up here going, this is a little rough. <laughs> this is a little rough. Like, and honestly, I don't want to be preaching it. I don't want to be I, in my flesh. In my flesh, man. In my spirit, man. My spirit man was like, yeah, you know. But my flesh man was like, ah, you know. So, and that happens, that's where you gotta know what's happening. Well, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know the logistics of who was sitting here that day, what message needed to be said, but it was spot on, spot on. That stuff happens all the time, it happens every service that we have. You want to find people who are regularly walking in a revelation and a discernment of the spirit and can know and operate in these things it's not just theory to them it's actually a reality in that way and so you know that's why I hang out with brother Tracy he's been spot on a whole lot he hears from the Holy Ghost you know and uh, that that's why I hang out with all of these men of god that are that are like my spiritual dads so You want to find people like that, and then you want to hang around them. And you want to learn from them and ask questions. But one of the things is, while we're learning and growing in that, we may find a place where we missed it, where we got it wrong. That doesn't mean God got it wrong. It just means we got it wrong in some way. Okay, do you beat yourself up for that? No, you just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, say, don't do that again. And that's it. And move forward. Don't do that again. Like God's not wanting you to sit there and be condemned forever, you know. Like because if you get in condemnation, condemnation will completely shut down your faith and your walk in righteousness. It'll shut it down. It'll shut it down. So what the devil does is he's like, "Oh, you just missed it, you're so bad. I can't believe you've ever done this. You, how do you call yourself a Christian?" And all you did was you just, missed, you just missed that. God said, say an extra word to somebody, but you feel like you just you know, uh, you're on the doorstep of hell. You know I've, I've had that. I've had the devil try to tempt me with that, and it's like, forgive yourself. God's already forgiven you. What pride is it to not forgive yourself over that? But if you're going to forgive yourself, you have to have repented over that. In other words, all right, I'm I'm not going to do that again. So a lot of people, they want forgiveness, but they haven't actually changed their heart. But if you've changed your heart on it, then by God, get the, the forgiveness that goes with it too and move on. And move on. But the point that I'm getting at is when you get a word from the Lord and the peace of God is on your heart over that item, and it doesn't compromise Scripture, then it carries the same power that Scripture carries if it's from God. But you better know that it's from God. So when you hear that word coming out, of course, uh, she says, from the Lord to this body, come to me. You don't have to have this coming in and going out and coming in and going out. Just come and stay. That's basically what she was praying. That's a word from the Lord that the Lord was speaking to this body today. And this is where he wants us to live. There's none of this up again, down again. Up again, down again. There's none of this. Now watch this. This is where you have to have faith and say, yeah, I'm not having any more of that up again, down again junk in my life. It's going to be constantly every step getting brighter. I know that's the will of God. I know it's the will of God. And so I'm not going to put up with anything else. I'm going to, we're going to be sta- stable and we're going to be consistent, and I'm going up. I'm coming into the presence of God. What does he say? He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says, Lo, I'm with you always, always, right? And so one of the things that you start to see is you start to see that God's wanting us to stay in that place. What is that? That's an intimate fellowship with him 24-7. But that's a word from the Lord to this body this morning. That's a word from the Lord to you that you can stay in His presence today and never leave it. Never leave it. Never leave it. (laughs) Glory to God. Joy of the Lord. I'm just seeking how to move on from here. See, a part of being led by the Spirit is not just jumping into what you have planned, but making sure that's where the Lord wants you to go. Don't just be so rushed. Don't just be so set in your default. I, I'm telling you, this year is a year. It, part of the reason why have you ever heard some, have you ever heard a minister preaching? And you're like, yes, I want that. I should have that. I agree. I know that's God. I can tell it in my spirit. But I've not had that. And I want it. That doesn't mean that God's not saying it. It doesn't mean that it's not available. It simply means he's showing you that it's there. Now get out your shovel and start digging into him until you find the treasure. He's letting you know beyond a shadow of a doubt it's waiting on you. It's waiting on you. I've got something prepared for you, and let's get to the place where it's there. We need to have a mindset of fruitfulness. We need to have, um, if you're taking notes, write that down. I don't know what notes I'm preaching from besides the Holy Ghost ones, but if you're taking notes, we need to have a mindset of fruitfulness. We need to have a mindset of fruitfulness. One of the things I'm I'm watching, I've been meditating on it for the last few weeks is that many people are so not self-aware. They are not measuring, they are not measuring themselves properly. They keep thinking they're at a higher level than they actually are, thinking that they're doing okay, but you got to look at this. If 2023 is the year of glory, what does that mean? That means we're walking at such a level that the glory of God fills us, overflows us, and is all around us. That the glory starts having an effect. It starts having an effect. That, that even, and we've had this, but I'm talking about all of us moving in a different level. We, but we've had, we've had bits of this and taste. But we're not talking about coming in and out, are we? We're talking about staying there. But I'm talking about the level of glory where we, not just me, the pastor, I'm talking about we start carrying it with us even as I walk back and forth like this that the glory is emanating from God through me into you and the more I walk back and forth the more people just get filled with the anointing of God that the glory just starts healing. You know, that people, why is it in churches like why is it in in especially denominational churches, everybody's satisfied to sit at the back. Why is that? Because nobody's carrying it at the front. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why is it they're satisfied? Like me, you think about it. Bartimaeus, was he satisfied to sit at the back? Was the lady with the issue of blood satisfied to sit at the back? No, because there was a glory and manifestation in Jesus and they were like, I'm not satisfied. I'm pushing to the front. I'm, I'm going to receive. I'm not going to be a wallflower. I need a solution. I need the glory of God. And because Jesus, leading from the front, was carrying the glory of God, people weren't okay to sit on the back. They wanted to get as close as they could and not have anything distracting them. Yeah. Now, part of that can be what the person's carrying. Part of that can be hunger. But either way you cut it, we should be seeing, not listen, not just that the pastor is carrying something, but that the people are carrying something. Every person in the body of Christ, every person in the kingdom of God and the family of God has an inheritance of resurrection power on the inside of them right now. It's time for it to flow. It's time for it to flow in his body. I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking on you know, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter four says this. It says that when he ascended, in verse eight, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. Verse eleven, and he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what? Put up verse eleven, please. Ephesians four eleven. What did he give those things to us for? He gave gave them for the equipping, the training, and equipping of the saints so that the saints could do the work of ministry. The work of ministry. How many of y'all have ever been in a church before? There you go. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists pastors and teachers. To what purpose? The next, next part. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. And the King James says work of ministry to the building of the body of Christ. So that the body of Christ uh, gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And here's what the Lord was bringing up to me this morning. He said, I didn't call you to do all the work of ministry to me. Pastor, I didn't call you to do all that. I called the body to be trained up, to get under the word, to get the training that they need, to be the servants of that ministry that I've called them to be and do that work which means you're carrying something. And it's not my job to carry it for you. My job is to train you, equip you, so that you can go do what God's called you to do. I should, you know, and, and I understand, if I'm not a soul winner, I'm going to be a horrible trainer of, of soul winning, right? I've got to be a soul winner myself. And I am. But one of the things that you see is, am I supposed to be the only soul winner? Is Sunday morning supposed to be the only soul winning time? Is that supposed to be the only discipleship time? No, I'm looking at multiplied discipleship times however many people are here that should be happening all across this region through you because you're carrying something. You can't disciple right, have the fruit of God right without carrying a manifestation of the glory of God. It will not be full. It will not be full. A part of the glorious church You know, Boomerang Church, a house of love and prayer. What? Living in His what? In His glory. It's a part of our vision. Why? Because you're supposed to be filled with His glory. And this is a year to grab a hold of it. Never let go of it. Run with it. Take it with you everywhere you go. His glory. His glory. Keep reading that. After after verse 11, keep keep reading the rest. He said, so he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the training and equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry to build up the body, verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith. We come into unity over this faith. And and, and let me just say this. Should there be any fightings or squabbling in this body? No. 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 I'm reminded of the old cartoons. No. No. Shouldn't even happen. Before it ever, ever came to me or a life group leader, it should be shut down by the believers. The believers should say, hey, we're not supposed to be doing this. This is crazy. Like, why are we doing this? A unity. It's the place where God commands the blessing of God. Because we're all crucifying the flesh putting the flesh down, considering others higher than ourselves, we should be walking in a unity. And when you come to church... The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are supposed to be giving you the pieces of this, the framework of this, the discipleship, making an making a, a impartation into your life so that you start to see this. You're trained and equipped to do the work of ministry. The body grows, and, and the body goes and grows until we attain a unity that is godly a unity of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God. So in a body, in a church, you're supposed to see a knowledge grow in that body until we think and we know what God would do, what the Son of God would do in this circumstance. Then it says this, that you will grow to this, to a mature man. To a mature man. What, what level? To the measure of the stature which belongs. Watch this. To the fullness of Christ. What's what's Christ mean? The anointed one and his anointing. That you would grow to this measure, to this level. To the fullness of the stature. The fullness of the stature of the anointing of God. That's clothed in his glory. You can't not be clothed in his glory. 2023 is the year of his glory. On on September 4th of this past year, the Lord said this to me. He said, 2023, the year of glory. Now see, if God didn't say that, that carries no power. But if he did say that, then we've got a responsibility to use our faith and grab hold of that glory and start walking in it. And it's not so that you see me doing more and more miracles only. It's so that we see you... Every one of you doing more and more. Every single day, 24-7, carrying it with you. The glory resides on you when you go home, when you go to work, when you go to the store. The glory resides on you. You just walk down one aisle and the glory is so full and on you and flowing through you. On the other two aisles, you walk down aisle 7, on aisle 6 and 8, people are falling out in the Holy Ghost. You think that's just for pastors? No, this is a glorious church. This is a glorious church. You just walk in there all the time. Not in and out of the glory, you just stay in there. Just stay in there. Just staying there. Who's called to do it? Yeah. Who's called to do that? Every believer. It's a year of glory. It's a year of glory. I'm I'm watching and I'm seeing all of these major ministries and almost every single one is like, they're saying things like this, a year like no other. A year where things become easy. A year of manifestation. They're, They're all right. They're all right. The Lord gave each one of them something to say, it all falls together. God is drawing His church together into the fullness of the stature of His anointed one and His anointing, He's drawing it to that level right now. I won't be held back. I'm going to grab a hold of it with my faith. I'm not going to be sitting in the sidelines. I'm not going to be a wallflower when God's wanting to dance with me. Not happening. He's calling you out to a dance. He's calling His bride. He's calling you up to a place of His glory. A glorious church. And it's time for us to respond. Stop acting like He's not interested in us. But recognize He's got a purpose and a destiny. And that destiny is not a feeble church. But strong in His might. And in His glory. 2023. Will you have it? Yes. Will you have it? Whoo, glory. I'm glad. I feel like I need an organ behind me. <clears throat> Turn, go one chapter over into Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, 26, 27. Ephesians 5, verse 25, 26, and 27. God's calling his church. He's calling his bride. He's calling you right now. He's drawing on your heart. Some of you are sitting here. How many people in this church, how many people here this morning, you drove over 15 minutes to get here? Man, look at that. Over 15 minutes. There's people across the road that that ain't sitting here, but you're driving 15 minutes, over 15 minutes. How many people do you drove over 30 minutes to be here? Look, how many people drove over an hour to be here? Right at it, yeah. How many people, it's right at somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour. Boom, 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 boom. Why are you sitting here? Because the Holy Ghost is drawing you, he's drawing on your heart to do something. He's drawing you to a place of reality. He's drawing you to something. He's drawing you up to a new level. I'm hungry for the things of God. And I I was talking to somebody this week, and and they were talking about uh, it's, you know, I said, you need to find a church that's alive. And honestly, there's not a lot of them. Honestly, there's not a lot of them. But when you find one, it's worth the drive. A church alive is worth the drive. You want want to be in a church that's doing things. You want to be in a church that's not making excuses. You want to be in a church that's preaching to you that it's not just about the pastor. It's about you, the believer, and what God wants you to do. And he wants to empower every believer from the youngest believer to the oldest believer. He wants to empower you, fill you with his glory. You're called to wield it. And this is that year. God's putting something on the hearts of men right now. And he's sifting. Some people are listening. Some people are hungry. And they're hearing that. And they're saying, I want that. I need something. I know I'm called to more. I'm tired of sitting on the sideline. I'm tired of being the wallflower. I hear the call. Of my husbandmen. I hear the call of my Savior. In, written by the Holy Ghost on my heart. And I won't set to the side again anymore. This is a year a manifestation. A year of His glory. And I'm going to have it. I'm not, I'm not going to be held back. <laughs> Look at Ephesians 5. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. There's a revelation right there. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Notice it didn't say, notice it didn't say, husbands desire all the fleshly stuff out of her. It said, no, here's how he loved her, he gave himself for her. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now watch this. As Christ loved the church, and he gave himself up for her. Verse, verse 26. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Uh, look at this. How many of y'all know that in the latter end of 20, of this past year, how many of y'all know there was a whole bunch of cleaning happening from this pulpit? Anybody felt that besides me? I mean, I had to look at your face. I know you were feeling it. You're looking at me like that dog that don't like taking a bath. Many of you. Wrestling and fighting. Got to try and corral you and keep you in the shower and not run all over the house and throwing wet, dirty dog water all over the place. Everybody's sitting here. They're like, I'm sitting here, but my flesh don't feel like it. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Your flesh, screaming, yelling. Hard for some people to even look me in the eyes. They walk out the door. I'm like, I don't know what's going on in your life. I just know what the Holy Ghost told me. If what I, if what I preach fits you, put it on. If it doesn't, then you were probably good. People think, like, I, I'll sit around and come up with these ideas. I don't know what's going on in their head or in their life. It's the Holy Ghost. He's the one up in your mailbox. He's the one reading your mail. Sometimes I know stuff, but people think because I get words of, words of uh, knowledge up here, they think I just know everything all the time. Then they're like, well, if, 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 if God wants me to reach out to the pastor, he'll call me because he knows. No, your job is to go. Like I don't know all he doesn't. Do you know if he shared every detail with about with me about your life, I would be a freaking mess. (laughs) Praise God, he doesn't share that stuff with me. (laughs) There's some stuff he shares with me, but not everything. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And then what happens is I'll get up here and the Holy Ghost will put his finger right on your item. I don't even know it. The only way I know it is if you respond, oh, 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 pastor, uh, here's your knife back. You know, I'm like, what? I don't know. But if I say something by the Holy Ghost and it fits you, put it on. What's he doing? He's sanctifying his church. He's getting us ready to walk In this place that he's talking about. He gave himself. So that you could crucify the flesh. And put on godliness. Put on Christ. Put on his glory. Clean. It's like you know. Little boys. I don't know. About Luke's age. Dude. You just got out of the shower. Don't put those same drawers back on. Everybody with boys gets that. Those socks have had holes in them for three months. Throw them away. And they hadn't been washed. But they were closest, I know. That's the way our flesh likes to do. Put on the closest and most comfortable thing instead of getting into new clothes. God's trying to get new clothes on you. Holy clothes. If you get cleaned up, don't go back to it. He's trying to sanctify us. Go back to that. He he loves us and he gave his life so that we could walk clean. So that we could walk clean. And he, and remember I told you, I was like, I can tell the Lord is preparing us to receive a level of His glory because... You don't get these kind of messages to a body without God having something in mind. He's taking you to a place. He's taking you to a level. And I'm telling you, that level is this year. If you will have it 2023, the year of glory, so that he might sanctify us having cleansed us by the washing of the water of the word. And so I'll get up here and I'll pace back and forth and the cameras will have a hard time keeping up with me and I'll spout the word out and all of a sudden that water hose of the word hits us and all of a sudden we, we have to decide are we going to use it to let them clean us or are we going to be mad at Pastor because he's talking about our business in front of people. I don't know that. That's him. Praise the Lord, I don't know all the stuff. Praise the Lord. I imagine if I did, I'd just show up on Sunday morning and be like, I'd look around, see somebody on. I ain't gonna look at anybody right now, but I'd look around and be like, oh God. I wouldn't even be able to focus on the message. I don't know. Oh, Jesus, Amy, dang it. <laughs> she said, it was me. <laughs> He's got plans to give you a future and a hope for you to farewell and not for your calamity, not for your tragedy. Jeremiah 29, 11. And how does he, how does he bring about those plans? He gets you fit to wear new clothes. He gets you fit to wear new clothes. He says, I'm going to give you some clothes of righteousness and holiness, and, and you know that you hadn't been fitting in them well, but I've got to chip off some of that stuff, just like some of us need to chip off some of that stuff so we can get back into other clothes. It's the beginning of the year, and let's just deal with it, all right? The Lord helps us. He calls us into a fast. Now, all y'all... Hopefully in a month or so, we all look better. Amen. Drop the holiday pies and cake and candy and sodas. Amen. I feel like Paul right now. Like, I was a sinner, chief amongst all. (laughs) If the clothes fit. Put them on. But he's trying to put us new garments on us. What kind of garments? He's trying to clothe us with his glory. But let me tell you, his glory does not stay on somebody who's carrying around sin, who's carrying around garbage. His glory does not, they don't go together. They don't work together. They won't function in that way. You will shed the clothes of glory quickly under sin, holiness is that master key holiness is that master key and so what we'll do he'll get a preacher that will not make excuses for a message that he knows is attacking your flesh he'll he'll give you a message that he knows is attacking your flesh and you're not going to like him I'm good to be the bad guy to your flesh man I don't care used to I cared I'm not there anymore I've graduated I couldn't give a rip about what your flesh feels about it. And, and if, you, if you push me, even on Voxer, I'll, sometimes you'll be like, well, what do you think about this? I'm like, I don't care about your flesh. <laughs> I've said it to many people and will continue to say it. I don't care, neither does God. You're the one caring about your flesh. We're the ones who have cared about our own flesh Get over your flesh and let's get into holiness so the garments of his glory will fit and we don't go in and out and in and out and in and out. We just get there and stay. Get there and stay. That's what God wants to do. So you go back to it. What does he do? He gives you a preacher who's not trying to win a popularity contest. You think about that. In the last 50 years, uh, let's say 30. In the last 30 years, what president if they got up and campaigned on truth, would win? They all lied. They all lied. What won? If they actually got up there and said what needed to be said, would win? None of them. None of them. Why? Because this society has conditioned itself to not pay attention to where it actually is. It wants to keep dreaming on its intentions instead of actually weighing the fruit of where they've been. And guess where that has started? Guess where that whole thought process has been allowed? In the church. Why? Because the church is the pillar of truth. And as the church goes, the world goes. Why? Because the church is the light to the world and the salt. And if the church will cover its light and cover its truth by not looking at its own self, and so the glory that God wants to shine through them can't shine through them, there'll be less light for the world, and darkness will grow deeper, and deception will grow deeper, and it's the church's fault. And and that begins with the pastor it began in a local church that begins with the pastor, but it doesn't just it's not all on the pastor. The people have to take a responsibility for it. There's things in our country right now we need to be praying for and praying against ungodliness and praying for the things of God, praying for the innocent. Praying for the things of God, praying for truth to prevail. God's wanting to clothe His church with glory. But we've got to take the responsibility of getting in the place where His glory fits us and can stay. And we're not in and out and on again, off again. We're not in that place. We're staying in that place of glory. We're carrying it. It's not up and down. It's not back and forth. But we stay in that place. A consistency. A consistency of the church. And so what does he do to prepare us? Look look at this next verse In, in verse 27. He says this. Why is he doing this? That he might present to himself a church in some of her glory. That's right. Not some. All of her glory. Having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Now, I want you to see this. He is coming back for a glorious church. Anybody besides me can discern the sign of the times that we are very rapidly approaching those last of the last of the last days. Can anybody besides me discern that? Man, we're there. I, like, I'm, 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 I'm looking at it kind of like this. Jesus could come back any time. He could come back any time. Like, it is, we are on the doorstep. We are on the doorstep. And what does that mean? That means the closer we get to that time, the more glorious we're supposed to be. And I'll, I'll be honest, Like, I've carried some of the glory of God, but I don't feel like I'm that yet. I don't feel like we're there yet. Which then puts the responsibility on us to say, Lord, what do I need to do to be there? I've got to let the Word wash over me, change me, change my thinking. I can't just sit and amen stuff and agree with it and not change. There's got to be a change. There's got to be growth. There's got to be putting to death the deeds of the flesh so that I am ready at any time for the glory to rest on me. To wear it. A glorious church. In Exodus 33, Moses is there. He's going to the tent of meeting. He's in the presence of God. And and God says, My presence will be with you. And Moses says this. He said, If your presence isn't with us, don't send us anywhere. We're not going anywhere without your presence. Your presence. That's why today we're you know praying in the Holy Ghost, singing in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we need his presence. In his presence is that fullness of joy. In his presence, his glory is released. In his presence, we need to stay in his presence. Come into his presence and not leave his presence. We we should do that corporately here on Sunday mornings. But honestly, every single one of us should carry that responsibility with us everywhere that we go. Lord, let me not leave your presence. Let me stay in your presence. Because see, it's not God who's withholding his presence. It's us who are not entering into his presence. We're not staying in his presence. He said, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't don't send us. We don't want to go anywhere without your presence. You you have a few more lines of, of conversation between them. And then Moses says this, Lord, show me your glory. And like I said in that video, he didn't get zapped for asking that question or demanding that he be a partner with God in this way. God actually liked it. The Lord says this, remind me of my word. Remind me of my promise. Remind me of this. The Lord's looking for a people that recognizes that they have a right to have a conversation with God. God wants to have a conversation with them even if they brought a whole bunch of sin and jumped to the table. They say, Lord, i got to have you help me deal with this and God will pour out the strength on them and, and say, Lord, I know because you've dealt with this sin. I know because you've dealt with it that I have a right to step into your glory. So Lord, help me get there. Let me, let me make sure that I examine myself and I don't just throw this stuff away and, you know, all right, let me be self-aware. Let me judge myself so that I'm not judged. But Lord, let me not sit back and constantly be like, oh yeah, I'm getting to his glory. I'm getting to his glory. Uh, you know, 2015, I'm going to get in his glory. In 2016, I'm going to get in his glory. In 2017, and 2018, in 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. But you never get there. That's not the way it's supposed to be we got to get to the place. See, that's what was bothering me several years ago when the Lord led me to that fast. I I was sitting there. I'm like, man, we're seeing people healed. We're seeing people. We're seeing all these things happen, but something's missing. We're seeing fruit. Watch. But it's not the fullness. And my spirit man knew that. This is good, but it's not full. See, every believer ought to be carrying that, not just a pastor. It's like what Pastor Nicole said earlier. like It shouldn't have to be stirred up in believers all the time. Believers should be stirring themselves up in the in the Word. Believers should be strengthening themselves, encouraging themselves in the Word. You shouldn't have to have somebody come in all the time and stir you up. Yeah. I mean, that's good, and it's a part of what God does to help us, but it's really not to stir you up, but to springboard you, yeah. to bring about... a. a impartation that will take you to places you couldn't go by yourself. You know, think about how much easier if you're on the trampoline and you got somebody who's jumping. You know, kids. And then you get dad comes in there on the trampoline. And when dad, dad knows how to time it. The kid jumps the same way he's always been jumping. At least he's jumping. But then all of a sudden dad goes, And the kid takes off to space. That's impartation. That's what a pastor does. An apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Oh, I see them. They're flowing in the Holy Ghost. Look at that. They think they got some glory. Watch this, y'all. And launch them. Launch them. You ever seen a kid's face when that actually happens? They're like, oh, and they're out of big as saucers. They're flying through the air like sideways. They don't know how they're going to land. but they, you know. And, and it's like this combined mixture in the flesh of, of, oh my gosh, I am scared to pieces. And at the same time, wow, you know, and it's like that. It's the same thing I see when you go out and lead somebody to the Lord or lay your hand on somebody and the glory of God that flows through you gets on them and they get healed in Walmart. And your eyes are like, I don't, wow, like God's real. There is the supernatural. I just saw it. And it's like, oh my goodness. And at the same time, wow, that's supposed to be all the time. And it's supposed to be growing to every believer. 2023, the year of glory. Show me your glory, God. He says this the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass before you. Not some of it, all of it. He says, Jesus is washing his bride, gave himself to wash his bride so that they could be clothed in all of their glory. 2023 the year of glory this is a year it's not a it's not a ooh we came in here and had holy ghost goosebumps it's not about that that's nice that's a part of it that's the beginning that's the kid jumping on the trampoline that's actually not even the kid jumping that's just the kid you know, finding it funny when they walk on the trampoline you know they're not even jumping yet like weird, this is weird ground underneath my feet. That's the Holy Ghost goosebumps. That, that's just the beginning. you got so many people in, in charismatic, spirit-filled churches and they think that's the end. It's just the beginning. Do we know how big God is? It's just the beginning. And He's writing it on the hearts of people right now. I'm trying to bring you up. I want to take you to some places. I want to clothe you with all. Of the glory of God. Notice this. The glory has to have a manifestation. People say, we were in the glory the other day. It's like, where was the manifestation of it? Where was the manifestation of that glory? Where is it? Did people get healed? No, we just felt some stuff. That's good, But that's not really the glory. I mean, I can go to a movie and feel some stuff. I can go to a concert and feel some stuff. No, we're not talking about just feeling stuff. We're talking about a manifestation of the goodness of God. A manifestation of His promises. A manifestation, watch this, of the blessing and of fruitfulness. We can't be in His glory without fruitfulness and the blessing. We can't be in a manifestation of glory without a manifestation of the blessing and fruitfulness. We have to have both of those things. Um, Glory mandates a, a manifestation, the reality. Glory mandates the reality of the blessing and fruitfulness. It's not a theory, it's not a feeling like people actually get healed. And watch this, and it's not just coming through the pastor. That can be a glory on its own, but that's not the design of the church. The design of the church is that glory is on the whole bride. So if all the glory is only on the pastor, and he's doing all the work of ministry, that is not according to God's design, is it? It's designed to be on the whole bride. Yeah. Can you imagine a couple getting married? And, and and they, you know, they walk up to the to the altar and, and on the bride's face is like one spot of perfection in their makeup. But the rest of it's like, eh. Like, the, the husband, would, the bridegroom would walk up and be like, what's on your face? What's on your face? Why? Because it would be awkward. Because the whole thing wasn't dressed in glory. Might not be a wedding after that. <laughs> but what? How? think about that. Is it supposed to be? Is the bride supposed to only have one part of the body covered in its glory? That means there's some glory waiting on you to step into and be clothed with. Not just me, every person. There's some glory waiting on you. There's some glory waiting on us. There's some glory waiting on some people to take hold of it with their faith and say, this is for me. There's some glory waiting on us. And what does that look like? It looks like a manifestation of the blessing and fruit. Just look at this, the fruitfulness. Think about this. Can you have the glory without fruitfulness? It says he wants to prepare his bride without any spot or wrinkle. If we were not obedient to win souls, to make disciples... Would that be a spot? Would it be a wrinkle in our character? Without question. So without fruitfulness, you don't have the glory. So we, we want to come in and have Holy Ghost goosebumps but never produce the fruit of the kingdom of God. That's not a glorious church. That's why it's in our vision. Because we don't, we don't envision a body that isn't fully fruitful we envision every single person laden with the fruit of heaven everywhere that they go. Heavy laden with the fruit of God. And when the king comes walking by, he finds fruit on every person. Not just on the pastor, not just one patch of glory, all of it covered with the glory of God. Laden with fruitfulness. In fruitfulness, one of the first parts of fruitfulness is that we are in intimate fellowship with God, that we stay there in His presence. It's a part of the fruit. Another, another part of the fruit is that we win souls. Glory to God, we had almost 1,000 people. It was 900 and something people won to the Lord this last year. And then I want you to hear this. This wasn't some major missionary campaign. In years past we've had some higher numbers than that but almost always they've been accompanied by a, a trip that I went overseas and we had a campaign to win souls. This wasn't that this year. This was you winning souls on the streets with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers and it's just the beginning. Every step getting brighter and brighter. I expect this year will be even higher because we've grabbed hold of a fruitfulness that's a part of our glory. And if this is a year of glory that demands a mandate, is a mandate of a manifestation of His glory, there'll be more fruitfulness that's found in this year of glory Amen. in winning souls. More fruit is, is making disciples. Another fruit Of glory is that you're carrying the power of God. Not just the pastor. Not one patch of glory. Covered with glory. Every one of us carrying the power. Hold your hands out. Look at them. God has anointed those hands to carry power. He has anointed the spirit created in his image and likeness. That's attached to these hands. To carry the power of God. He's anointed that spirit being. Made in his image and likeness. To flow with him. To operate by his anointing. And by his grace. And by his glory. He's anointed the spirit attached to these hands. To plug in to the glory of heaven. And release it. Wherever that spirit goes, talking about you. He's created you to be a conduit of his glory. God has created you to be a conduit of his glory. And this is is the year for it. We should have fruitfulness and power. We should have fruitfulness and revelation. You should have constant revelation coming. Not just in your time with the Father and in the Word, but you should have revelation when you stand in front of people. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits. You should have the gifts of the Spirit in operation through you. Why? Because that's a part of the manifestation of His glory. It doesn't just happen to Pastor Brian on Sunday morning. It happens to you all the time. I'm expecting it. If it only happened to me on Sunday morning, I would be concerned. I would be be worried and anxious over that because that's not right. Something's wrong. But I'm supposed to say, Lord, I'm going after you. It's not just for me. And this is how we got to this place in the first place. I didn't go after God as a pastor to get into the glory of God. I went after God as a child. I just happened to be a pastor too. I'm not walking in it because I'm a pastor. I'm walking in it because I'm a child. I'm a child with a call to his glory. And I'm designed to wear the clothes. And you are designed to wear the clothes. And the glory carries with it a fruitfulness. But it also has to be a fruitfulness in this way. Think about no spot or wrinkle. There has to be fruitfulness in the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Joy. Well, Let's just stop at joy. Can the world tell that you're wearing the clothes of the fruitfulness of his glory in the area of joy? Or do you look just like the world? I'm not talking about happiness is a different thing. Happiness is the emotion that comes from joy many times. But joy is you have this knowing on the inside of you. This is going right no matter what I think or what I feel. It's going right. It's going to be all right. I know I can have joy because I know my God. I can have joy because I'm in his presence. See, you start getting into his presence and not leaving there, and his presence is fullness of joy. But many times the church hasn't looked like the manifestation of his glory in the area of joy because the church hasn't been in his presence except on Sunday morning. We've got to stay in his presence, not leave it every single day. This, this week, we started a new class in Impact called Reset. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, is it going to be good? It's talking about this, staying in his presence and the power of it. When I first had that revelation, the Lord gave me that message. Literally, the Lord, the Lord said to me, he said, this is the most important message you've ever preached, ever, for, for a believer. Most important message because everything stems from this. We got to stay in his presence, carry that joy. We got to have peace. Don't raise your hands, but how many people throughout this year you had a lack of peace linger for a period of time? A lack of joy linger. That's not supposed to happen to a believer. And this is a year of glory. So we're talking about we're going to act different. And the reason why peace and joy. Uh, doesn't linger is because we really don't have knowledge of Him. Remember in that? He says He washes you with the water of the Word. And and remember in Ephesians 4 it says, so the Word brings us revelation, it brings us knowledge. Remember in Ephesians 4 it says that we would grow up into all the knowledge of Him. And so what happens is we don't really know Him. We really don't fully know Him. And that's what steals our peace. And that's what steals our joy. Because we're sitting So then we got to look at it and say, I'm not operating fully in this peace. I'm not operating fully in this joy. Then there's a fruitfulness that should be there that's not being there. Lord, show me what to do with this because this is not going to continue on into this new year. I'm stopping right here on day one. It will not go forward. I will have fruitfulness in my fellowship with you. I will have fruitfulness in winning souls. I will have fruitfulness in making disciples. I will have fruitfulness of the power of God through these hands. I will have fruitfulness in the revelation and the gifts of the Spirit that flow through me. That's not just relegated just to Pastor Brian. That's for every person. I will have fruitfulness in the fruit of the Spirit ain't nobody at my work or on the highway going to steal my joy and my peace not happening no enemy co-worker is going to steal my joy and my peace I have the fruit of the Holy Ghost and I'm clothed with it it goes with me everywhere I go the devil can try but no weapon formed against me shall prosper none none And see, we have this idea that God's just going to come in and swoop in and just like do all that stuff automatically. No, you take it by faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So God says, I'm going to give you the promise. You're going to give me your faith, and that's how it's going to work. I'm going to give you a word, and you're going to give me your faith, and that's how it's going to work. And we stop being lazy with our faith and we move into this place. And this is what I've been trying to get to is that we've all had a promise of the glory of God ever since Jesus rose up from the grave. But it's time for the church to recognize their responsibility, stop making excuses on it, stop waiting around for God to zap you with his glory and take your faith and grab hold of a promise that's available to every believer. It's time to do that. You can't have a year of glory with the church sitting still. You can't have a year of glory with a church that doesn't use its faith. You can't have a year of glory with a church wrapped up in sin. You can't have a year of glory like that. It doesn't work. It's contrary to what the Holy Ghost has already said. Do you think you're going to get a manifestation and a flow of the Holy Ghost going against what He's already said? It doesn't work like that. But when we line up with Him. Oh, but when we line up with Him and we do it His way and we we deal with the sin. We, We do things His way and we drop that unforgiveness when we do it his way and we stay in his presence, when we do it his way and we go after him, all of a sudden we we get into the position where God says, come here, son, come here, daughter, let me clothe you with the glory of heaven. You know, this is your original design. In the garden, before they were made naked because of sin, they were clothed with glory. This is your original design. You were designed for this. You were made for this. Where's the church that says, doggone right, <laughs> I was made for this. I was made to carry His glory. And I understand, understand, I, I can't walk in that way by walking like the world. I get that. But the Lord's going to empower me to lay all of that flesh stuff down and step into his glory, and stay there from this day forward. A year of glory is a year of manifestation. We're not talking about, you, you're you seeing, again, these words, one of, them, one of them that I saw was this, is that the things that have been hard will be easy. Now, but don't take that and sit back on your faith. Don't take that and be like, oh, it's going to be easy now. Okay, I'm just going to sit back and let God do it. No, everything that you overcome is overcome by faith. You say, Lord, this is going to be easy. So in other words, when I put my hand to something, it's going to be different. If I need, if I need a solution in my life, and that solution is pulling a lever all my life, all my life when I've tried to pull that lever, it's been hard. I haven't been able to do it. It's been, you oh, know, this is a year of his glory. And when I put my hand to it this time, it, I'm going to reach out and grab and pull that lever. And it's going to go easy. And we're going to block out all of those things. We're going to block out what the devil's been trying to do. And we're going to do the things of God. But i got to put my hand to it. Many times when people hear it's going to be easy, they just sit back and say, God do, pull the lever. God pulled the lever. When are you going to pull the lever? God thought it was going to be easy. It is. Put your hand on it. Do what you got to do. What He's already told you to do. Put your hand to the business and expect favor. Put your hand on the sick and expect healing. Put your hand to work and expect provision. Put your hand to it and when you go, what was hard before is going to be easy in His glory. But you put your hand to it while you've not been doing the things that you need to do in, in getting a hold of his glory. And it's, it'll be hard again. Then many people say. Oh see Lord it's still hard. He's like you didn't do what I told you to do. Clothe yourself. With holiness. Let wash yourself. With the washing of the water of the word. I will clothe you with glory. And then set your hand to it. Walk it. Expect. That you have a right to it. Through Christ. Expect that you have a right to forgiveness. Don't hold on to condemnation. How many listen? I could ask my I could ask this question, and every person in here, including myself, could raise their hand. I don't want you to do that, but understand, I know the answer to the question. How many of us have come short of his glory just in this past year, and probably even this morning? How, in other words, watch this. How many of us are not actually operating at the fullness of the fruitfulness of glory? Every one of us. So every one of us has something to repent over. Lord, this, I've not been acting at that level. I've not been operating at that level. How many of us, look, he says, I will give you so many things in Ephesians 3. He says, it'll be beyond what you can ask or think. Like, I can just read Acts. And see where the glory flowed through the disciples walking down the street and started healing people. That's not below my imagination level. That's easy for me to imagine. It's already been done. He said you'll do these works and greater. What's holding me back? What's holding us back from walking like that? We just haven't thought that we could. It's time to change that thinking, to repent, to start thinking differently and say, no, we're called to walk in this stuff. When I walk down the street, I'm carrying a new level of glory in Jesus' name. And I'm expecting the power of God to go with me. I'm expecting there to be a flow when I preach. You're expecting a flow of that glory at your work, in your home, in the grocery store. It's going with you. There has to be a faith and an expectation and pulling on those things and the things that used to be hard will be easy in the glory. We've got to stop making excuses because we haven't seen it and backing off of it and be like, well, if it happens, it happens. That's not faith. There's no overcoming in that statement. Whatever will be, will be. Garbage. That's complete garbage. Garbage. No faith, no responsibility for faith. And this is why much of the church hasn't walked in it. They're sitting around waiting for God to zap them with his glory instead of taking responsibility to give themselves to the washing of the water of the word. And part of the washing of the water of the word is to get rid of sin in your life. But you have to understand, a lack of faith is also sin. So part of the washing of the water of the word is to get in there and start raising your revelation level, till you start to realize who you are, whose image you are made in, and what you are designed to carry. What are you designed to carry? What does God want you to carry today? And see, this has been; these promises have been in the Bible for, for all of our life. They've been sitting there, waiting on somebody to grab a hold of it, waiting on somebody to say, "I see that. That's mine." That's what happened to me. That's what happened to me and Pastor Nicole. I just saw stuff in there and I saw a whole bunch of people around me in the church. The church I was going to, including pastors, not grabbing a hold of this stuff. And I'm like, that's not right. And I just went after it. I just said, I see that promise is for everybody. Guess what I found? It was right. It was for anybody. And I just got hungry. And all of a sudden, you know, that puts pressure on religious people. You know? Let's say, let's say that uh, you know somebody walks in here brand new today, and all of a sudden they go out next week. They start laying hands on people in the grocery store, seeing them healed, delivered. They went a hundred people to the Lord next week. All y'all gonna feel bad. Y'all gonna feel the pressure. I can guarantee you, somebody will be like, "Well, they just they don't they hadn't done this." Well, they hadn't done that. And what are they doing? They're actually acting in in what God's called normal. They're actually acting out what God actually says. Every believer in here can act out. The question is, why why haven't we recognized that and moved to it? And see, part of the washing of the water of the Word is to take that cap off of our thinking and let us see what's available to us now, the fullness of His glory. What are we talking about? He said, I will show you my glory, and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to call, think about this. How big is God? How big is God? And I just, I think about it. He measured the heavens with the span Of his hand. How big is God? And then he makes this statement: "I will cause," you know, it's like, it's like in Genesis where where he just goes, "This." Y'all know what a star is? Like a sun, like our sun that breeds life and is really really hot, ninety three million miles away. Our sun is not a big star; it's just a star. And then you read in Genesis, he made all this, and then he goes, and he made the stars also. How big is God? I I mean, it's just like thrown in there. And by the way, he like, he made some stars. How big is God? What's normal to him? What's waiting on you? What's waiting on you to find? What's out there? God? And Moses says, show me your glory. And Moses, what what does God say? He says, I will cause all my goodness at my bigness level, at my my big level that I'm at. I'm going to take everything good about me. Here's my glory. Here's what you're designed to be clothed with. Here's what I've promised to you. Here's what you can have. Every believer, not just pastors, every believer. Here's what you can have. As big as I am, here's my glory. All oh, my goodness. All oh, my goodness. It goes on down in, in uh, verse 22 of, of Exodus 33. It says this, and it will come about. Come about while my glory is passing by. I will place you in the cleft of the rock. And he lined it up all right there. When you come into Jesus, I can cause my glory to come in you, on you, and around you. And Jesus, the anointed one, will allow access to the glory of God for you to be clothed with the glory of God. The cleft of the rock is that place in Christ. And he will calls, He carves out a place for you and I that even though we had it all messed up and we were all sinful and everything else, he says, I will carve out a place for you. His name is Jesus. And he will give you access, not just to me, but to all of me including the glory of God, all the goodness. Where's the believers that believe that all the goodness is already theirs and are walking in it? 2023, the year of glory. And the last thing I want to give you is 2023, a year of glory. Glory, you can't have glory without manifestation. And the first part of manifestation is fruitfulness. But the second part of manifestation is the blessing. Am I going to recognize you as a pastor at the end of this year? Dear God, I hope not. Am I going to recognize the parking lot? Dear God, I hope not. Am I going to recognize where you live? How much money you make? The supernatural area that you're walking in? The words of God that's flowing through you. Am I going to recognize you as to what you look like at the beginning of 2023? At the end of 2023? Are you going to put on all the goodness of God and start walking in some places? Oh, I think you are. It's a year of glory. Am I going to recognize you? The blessing of God makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. Am I going to recognize the faces at the end of the year where they were still in sorrow at the beginning and they hadn't grabbed a hold of peace and joy, but at the end of the year the year of glory where all the glory manifests the blessing of God and there's no sorrow added to it. There's smiles on every face. The joy of the Lord is overflowing. There's solutions abounding. Every problem that comes up, the people of God are kicking out the legs from underneath the devil. Everyone that comes up, they're abundantly blessed above above everything. Above it all. They're the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. The lender and not the bar. Glory to God. Will I recognize you as a pastor? I mean, I know you now, and I know I'll recognize you in the flesh, but will I recognize you by by what you put on of the glory in this year? Are you going to grab a hold of it and let the glory of God change your life, change your manifestation, change your financial situation, change your... The, Threats on your life. Am I going to recognize you? Are you going to let the glory of God. And the manifestation of that revelation of his glory. Change you completely. Are you going to look like Adam and Eve in the garden. Walking around clothed. Not naked. See when we allow the world to take away our peace to take away our joy we uncloak ourselves from the glory and all of a sudden we recognize I'm naked I can't do anything about it but when you see who you are in Christ and what he's done for you and you get enough guts inside of your spirit man to recognize that you are called to something higher you're called to something greater and on side in the spirit man there's a faith that comes out of you that says Lord in this year show me your glory and all of a sudden the person who was clothed with the flesh man steps into a year and comes out of it not clothed with the flesh man but clothed with the glory of God that was designed specifically for them and they don't even look recognizable anymore people say you've changed what is going on with you let me tell you about his glory Let me tell you about what he's done. Let me tell you. Will I recognize you? Boomerang, I don't want to recognize you at the end of this year. I don't want to see you like I've seen you before. It's been great before. I love you. But I want to love you filled with his glory. I want to love you at a different level. I want to love you because I'm watching you see the manifestation of the power of God flow through you. Not just a little bit of His goodness, all of His goodness. All of His goodness. Will you be recognizable to the people around you or will you look totally different? Clothed in His glory. Clothed in His glory. Some people got to reach out and grab a hold of it. This is your year of glory. It's for every person that's hearing this, if you'll have it and if you'll grab it. You don't have to. God won't make you. But you can. But you can. But you can. It's a year of his glory. It's a year of God's normal it's a year where he's drawing you up simply to be who he's created you to be in his image and likeness and walk by. stop walking by condemnation. Stop walking by all the, all the temptations that the devil's throwing at you to keep you wrapped up in the worldliness. Stop listening to that garbage. Stop listening to those things and go after the Lord with the fullness. Lord, I don't want to be recognizable at the end of this year. I want his glory to have changed me. I want to have to have considered by the end of the year what my approach to the world is because not everybody can handle it. Because when the glory hit Moses, he started to glow like a light bulb. And, it, and the world reacted so strongly around him that they literally covered his face because he was glowing with the glory. The thing about Moses is this. He didn't even have a Savior yet. You've got a Savior. You've got constant forgiveness of the sins. You have a constant righteousness that's already yours. You have a constant place where condemnation can't hang its hat in your life. Have you grabbed hold of that by faith? You have a constant place where you can walk free and full and righteous and holy through your savior Jesus Christ not get tangled up in that stuff and empower a grace to walk it out it's the year of glory Moses did it without even having Jesus go to the cross yet or the grave and he comes out of that with a glory that changed his surroundings what's normal to God? You don't have those restrictions now. Matter of fact, it even talks about it in the New Testament. They said, Moses had a glory, but it was fading away. We have a glory that simply builds from glory to glory to glory to glory. Moses was going down. Yours is going up. Will you grab hold of it by faith and stop making excuses for not being there? And see, Lord, I'm going to walk in it this year. This is not just for Pastor Brian. Like, I love them, and praise God, let them, let them lead the way. Let him move. Like, if you're trying to out outpace me for the glory, good luck. Good luck. But at the very least, you'd be right following that lead of godliness. If I'm doing it right, follow that lead and be right there with me. Tracking right with me. Right beside me going after God don't wait on me you start running in front of me I'm going to let you run shine shine I want to challenge you to run that race full of his glory that God wants you to have it's your year of glory that word see right now I believe in your hearts for the people that have that discernment you're realizing God. God's speaking that word to me I got peace in my heart over that word. Something's pulling on me, something's drawing on me. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Him telling you, I've spoken a word. 2023, the year of glory, was not written in that word, but it was written in the mouth of God. I know it. And if you have discernment on your heart, you'll know that. That means it's no less powerful than any promise that God has ever made. The question is, who's going to overcome the world and the lack of glory that has been by using your faith to grab a hold of a promise of this year. This is your year. It is your year. And this is the kind of message like I feel like if I open up the altar, everybody's going to flood. I know, like, I get that. But if you want the touch of that glory in your life, I want you, I want you to come up here. And I want to lay hands on you and in the name of Jesus by His name. Look, look at this. Let me show you something. When you use His name, you release the glory. Just give me those notes. They're sticking out the top. I got it. Got it. Never mind. Look at this. Verse 19. Exodus 33 18 and 19. See People don't know the power of the name. The name is all of your authority. And in the name is a release of his glory. Look at verse 18 and 19. In verse 18, Exodus thirty-three, eighteen, 18, Moses says, Lord, show me your glory. Look at verse 19. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and as I'm doing this, in the process of it, and will proclaim, The name of the Lord before you. See, when he proclaims his name, there's a glory released. And when I lay hands on you, when I lay hands on you in the name, see, the name releases that glory. I'm proclaiming the name over you. And in the name, that glory is released. How much of it? All of it. So if you want to come up for prayer, come up for prayer. And I want to release the glory of God over you in the name to start this year off and receive the grace of God to walk at a level that will make you unrecognizable by the end of this year. You're at the starting point and every day will get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Every single day will get brighter and brighter. Lord, I want to live in your glory. I want to walk like my destiny that's been prepared for me by you. I want to walk in that place. Lord, I want to walk in your glory. If that's you, Lord, I want the touch of your glory. This is not the fasting prayer. This is, Lord, I want to walk in your glory. Show me your glory.